0: Hello, everyone. This is Speaking Up with Andrew Pledger. I am a religion recovery coach who helps people with life after religion. And this podcast allows people to share their stories of abuse and religious trauma in various religions and cults. Some guests come on the show to discuss specific topics to educate and bring awareness Discussions will range from purity culture, mental health, religious trauma, Christian culture, deconstruction, spirituality, and much more. Now, let's get into this episode of Speaking Up with Andrew Pleasure. everyone. I am beyond excited. I've already been talking with this guest for like 20 minutes already. We decided to start recording because we got to get into it, but I am so excited to have this apostasy, or apostasy, which I love <laughs> so much. Thank you. <laughs> this episode is going to be called apostasy. <laughs> <because> <laughs> perfect. It's just, it's just the perfect, I feel like it's like the perfect username in the deconstruction community like and your name is Stacy so it works it works Mm -hmm. so well um but I'm really excited to talk with you today because you have publicly deconverted Mm -hmm. from Christianity yeah and I also did that (laughs) and I know the shit that happens so I'm really excited to hear your story and your experiences mm-hmm. and you know we'll start in the beginning with your childhood and how yeah. it worked up to the point where you publicly um, deconverted and talking about the backlash and yeah. the relationship issues revolving that but uh, yeah for people listening if you could dig a little bit into your religious background as a child mm-hmm.
1: Sure. Um, so I'm Stacy or apost Stacy, <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> my original, excuse me, online name was X Fundy Stacy. I had to come up with something quick, but then yeah. one day I was just uh, someone had posted something about the word apostasy, and I thought, oh. oh my gosh, I could use that as my name. That like that sounds so much like Stacy. So I just spelt it it. with with my name in it and that's how it came about but um anyway so i grew up uh in the church i came from a christian family and Mm -hmm. my christian background began as like a charismatic pentecostal Mm. um holy roller (laughs) yes so i was told that i started speaking in tongues at like two or three years old um i was apparently had the gift of prophecy from a young age and uh yeah my, my church was sorry there. I'm like, yeah
0: i'm sorry i, I had to like laugh but i'm sorry that's just it's okay telling a child yeah. wow you have to gift. okay sorry keep yeah, going that's
1: okay um <laughs> yeah so church was always very I use the word theatrical so mm. um I guess another word would be emotional
2: Ooh, <clears throat>
1: services yes. would last hours on end uh there was always the the flag waving and the hands raising and the people falling out in the spirits and Everyone was getting a word from God and coming up to the front and saying, God told me this or showed me this is happening right here in the room right now. And um, people would go to church, you would have to come hungry or expecting God to show up, or else uh, he wouldn't.
2: Familiar.
1: Right? <clears throat> so when we would go to church, it was like, okay, what is God going to do tonight? Basically, what are we going to see? How are we going to experience this? And uh, that was basically my whole church life um, until I was a teenager. Mm -hmm. And um, after that, I feel like church kind of changed a bit. Um, I thought maybe, oh, I guess God isn't really working in those ways. Maybe that... Kind of slowed down a bit because I wasn't going to a church where the miracles were happening or uh, it was more on a time frame. So they had um, services like three or four services in the morning. So um, I just felt, okay, well, this is very mm. scheduled. So yeah. I guess, I guess God has kind of stopped working in that kind of the river. I don't know if you've ever yeah. heard that term, but um we were always told to to come to the river and Mm. god would flow in the river and i don't know it's interesting so so many christianese terms right
2: Mm, yeah
1: so the the church that i went to after youth um when i was a young adult uh it was like an hour and 10 minutes you could expect to be in out three Mm -hmm. or four worship songs the sermon Uh, raise your hand if you want to accept Jesus and you're done. Uh, I've now learned that the seeker sensitive church, the word of faith church. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, so I ended up going to churches like that for uh, probably about 10 years till I was about 30 Mm -hmm. or maybe 30, maybe a little bit older than that. Um, And I was very dedicated i knew okay now that i'm an adult this is on me Mm
2: -hmm. Um, i was
1: very serious about my walk with god and um yeah i was i was a very dedicated christian so Mm. it makes me really upset when people say now oh you were never a real Mm -hmm. christian right
0: yes, yeah that's a deal with yeah. that cogn- that cognitive dissonance they have yeah. to do it. so they have to dismiss you yeah it's so sad but yeah, yeah.
1: so yeah so um that was i i attended church all the time i had a relationship with god so i thought <laughs> um and then when i was uh, a few years ago I watched a documentary called American Gospel and it was in that documentary that they really exposed kind of the churches that I had been attending like the Word of Faith and the charismatic mm-hmm. and um I didn't know but the the documentary was from a very heavily reformed perspective so reformed christianity the oh, calvinist
2: hmm, and so I,
1: I watched that documentary and it honestly felt like my whole world just collapsed around me um i thought i the christianity the god that i i knew um he, i don't think he, he's what i thought he was mm. um i thought they they talked about how speaking in tongues was a gift for when jesus was uh or or when the apostles were walking the the, the earth and mm. that was an apostolic gift that ended when all the apostles had died and gifts of prophecy those were only for mm-hmm. that time period and so After watching that, I Thought, well, everything that I ever Thought Christianity was It clearly wasn't, I had it All wrong, so now I need to Figure out what the right Christianity Is, Mm. and um, I got into the Calvinist uh, side Of Christianity, which is Mm. Very, very Heavy, and um, Very Doctrine-heavy And (laughs) I uh, thought, okay, well, at the same time, it was kind of good coming out of uh, the charismatic side Mm -hmm. because it answered a lot of questions that I had as far as if certain things were real. Mm -hmm. And I told myself that I would never not question things or, or never. not allow myself to question things. So if I had a question, I would find the answer, even if it was uncomfortable. So that was a good thing that happened. And um, I I think my deconstruction began when I came out of the charismatic church, mm-hmm. even though I went into Calvinism, mm-hmm. um, because I deconstructed a lot of, or all my, core Mm. beliefs at that time, even though I went into a different denomination,
2: Mm. um,
1: it gave me the courage to question things and yeah. So we ended up joining a reformed church. I can get into that later, but that kind of gives you a picture of, of just from the time Mm -hmm. I was two till (laughs) in my thirties, um, I, I was always a Christian and I thought there was no other way
0: to mm, be. Yeah. There was no
1: other option. So there's more to that, but go ahead and ask me <laughs> whatever I you got like.
0: You. Yeah. Yeah. I- I've learned to start writing things down while people are Mm -hmm. talking because I want people to talk and see what they need to say. So first, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I want to dig into being told you could prophesy at such a Mm -hmm. young age because I laughed because I'm like, I can can imagine me being like, I prophesy that I'm going to get this for Christmas (laughs) or this or like, so God told me.
1: Yeah, (laughs) no, no, no. So to give an example, um, yeah, there was a time so I wish I could remember this happening, mm-hmm. but um we lived in a in a house with my grandma uh-huh. and she had a really big balcony off of mm-hmm. her living room and I would always go play on the balcony and um, One particular time for a few days, I refused to go out and play on the balcony because I kept Mm. saying, there's a wolf out there. There's a wolf out there. Mm. And she said, oh, no, there's no wolf out there. See, there's no wolf. And I just refused to go outside and play. And then Mm. um, a couple of days later, her prayer partner, because, you know, you always have a prayer partner. partner, (laughs) Right. mm. right? Uh, Her prayer (laughs) partner called and said, Every time I'm praying for you, I keep getting a vision of a wolf being outside your home. And uh, every time a blessing mm-hmm. tries to come to your home, the wolf is outside snatching it up um. before it can enter your house. And she's like, oh, well, that's just so fascinating because Stacy keeps seeing a wolf outside. And so from there, it was like, okay, well, she must be prophetic because... Where would she get this idea of a wolf? And then throughout my growing up years, I would have very accurate dreams of Mm -hmm. things that I had. I knew nothing about, about people or situations. And I would just tell my mom or or whoever, like I had this dream about so-and-so. And and, um, they would very much like very likely be true <laughs> and I wouldn't know this the situation and so um that's where this whole i had prophetic dreams that's kind of where that came into play and I always said well if I wasn't a Christian I'd probably be a psychic even though I don't believe in yeah any of that so I, I mm-hmm. still don't really know why that happened
0: but mm. yeah. yeah that's interesting <laughs> and like this is something I've actually dug into a lot on my own yeah because as i deconverted i had to look at things that i thought were spiritual and reframe Mm -hmm. them you have to reframe a lot of things and and understand that oh maybe there's a different way to look at this maybe there's an explanation yeah and the first i want to say intuition is a thing Mm
1: -hmm. oh absolutely
0: intuition so i think Things that are part of our personality or our psyche. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of Christians will claim are from God. Um mm-hmm. for example, I had someone on my show, uh, they grew up in a well, I can't remember they grew up, but they were a part of a cult for a long time. Okay. And they you know, they had a daughter in the cult, and they told me that God sent them a vision that that her that her daughter was being harmed by um this abuser. And so she told me it was a vision from god and to me from a psychological perspective (laughs) i'm like there are a lot of things that go on unconsciously i think that that lady unconsciously knew something wrong was going on and a dream from her unconscious told her showed her like this is what's really going Mm -hmm. on yeah that's that's an explanation that's one explanation for dreams like that of you Mm -hmm. have something i mean much of what goes on in our mind is unconscious and i think that's what people don't talk about a lot yeah yeah no it's so much which i it's been fascinating to me to learn is we're we underestimate the power of the mind in this religious experience Mm -hmm. as i say air quotes religious or spiritual experience experiences and so reframing those things and so i mean i could talk forever about this but i'm not i'm not going to i'm not because this this is your time which i think i'll i want to talk about this when i come on your show but (laughs) i highly have you researched um mythology and archetypes and any of that stuff like carl yeah
1: well, I've dug into like the mythology of Christianity.
0: Mm, okay, that's, got you. that's
1: probably about like I don't,
0: that, yeah, that's it. yeah. So, like, what is interesting as I'm learning this stuff, but um, long story short, Carl Jung realized really that we had a lot of sub personalities in mm-hmm. us, and this is where IFS comes from the multiplicity of the mind,
2: mm-hmm. which
0: people have like, tried to adjust to a more scientific model, I guess you would say, of understanding. Um, and it's really scary to people because we like to think that we're in the control of a lot of our processes that Mm -hmm. go on yeah when i I talk to people about trauma i'm like there are a lot of unconscious things your your mind and your nervous system is doing to help protect you and you can't help that like because that's why because i'm so tired of like the victim blaming around trauma Mm -hmm. yeah i'm like for sure and like learning about psychology and the different things um, that our nervous system does and our mind does. And it was interesting because, you know, Carl Jung was ahead of his time Mm -hmm. and he realized, and as he listened to patients that they were describing, is to them, they perceived it as an entity. Okay. Um. And the thing is, our perspective influences how we interpret or perceive things. So like, of course, if you have a Christian who believes in demons, they're going to perceive certain things in them as yes. this is a demon. But in reality, it's probably a primal urge yeah. or something that's a part of their personality. And it's something yeah. I'm starting to learn more and more about and how demonizing these things, <laughs> literally mm-hmm. demonizing,
1: literally. literally, yeah,
0: literally. And demonizing our humanity it's not going to help us be better but i have to recommend you some resources because Please. a lot of psychologists have dug into things and really what i've learned as i've deconverted that spirituality and religion is used to label things we can't understand and there are a lot of things we are starting to understand as you know, psychology progresses. And it's like, we can't hold on to a lot of these superstitious things anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) And that's all I'm going to say about that. But (laughs) I'll send you a bunch of info. Um, Yeah. Just, it's so fascinating, just the human personality and our mind and the complexity to it Mm -hmm. and how... christianity doesn't even like acknowledge that
1: no they <laughs> or, don't or deal with that
0: no they don't mm-hmm. and
1: and what you said about demonizing everything that's so true because
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh growing up in that charismatic world of christianity uh everything was demonized uh, mm-hmm. i had so much anxiety uh mm-hmm. as a christian um i thought there was a demon around every corner i th- i thought yeah mm-hmm. i thought there w- you know whatever show i turned on whatever <laughs> movie whatever i bought what i bought yeah. a necklace one time and uh. um Every time I wore it, it gave me a headache. So I was convinced, okay, there Uh, must be some kind of demon attached to this necklace. Because who knows who made it in the warehouse and what they were into. Mm. Turns out it was just a really heavy necklace and it pulled on my neck.
0: I got you. (laughs) But, Uh
1: you know, it was just, everything was demonized. Oh, there's my dog.
0: I know, Um, so cute.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, so it was just, you live in this State of co- constant fear,
2: really,
0: mm.
1: about what are you letting into your life? What doors are you opening
0: uh, all the time? So. Ooh, it makes you think <laughs> of the, the hocus pocus shit with the this like white lady. Oh, uh,
1: like... <laughs> when I saw that, like, you know, everyone is laughing at her and I think she is a little ridiculous but I also saw that look in her eye and I was like Mm -hmm. she fully believes us and she's terrified
2: yeah and mm
1: -hmm. and like this was the first Halloween that my kids celebrated just two days ago it was their very first one and Mm -hmm. like I related to what
2: she was saying
1: because when I lived that Christian life Mm -hmm. um I didn't even let my kids carve a pumpkin
2: oh wow! i was convinced Mm. that
1: carving a pumpkin and putting it outside your door was an invitation for the devil
0: Mm. to come into your home Mm. so (laughs) yeah so like the yeah definitely like and to me i hate it when they put these people who are so indoctrinated and they give them platforms to Mm -hmm. spread fear or even hate at times yeah and April April Joy has done a wonderful series Halloween videos on like oh, <laughs> I would I, should... I just totally recommend looking okay. at that. It's so funny. I'll have to send you the video. But she she's great with like Christian satire and all that fun okay. stuff. Um,
1: good to laugh.
0: <laughs> it is. It is good to laugh. At good it is good to laugh. Yeah. <laughs> yes, and so like other things, I guess, I want to talk mm-hmm. about that you had yeah. mentioned. Was that, you know, the thing as I've, I've talked to a few other people who grew up in charismatic or the Pentecostal environment. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as I've learned more and more about sociology and psychology and about Mm -hmm. social groups, about like the in group, out group, conformity, Uh and all these different things. And I hear, and like, there was one person that told me, they're like, yeah, they're like, if we couldn't speak in tongues, that means that we weren't saved or Mm -hmm. we didn't have God in us. So there was, if you didn't display with a group told you you were supposed to that's social rejection yeah and i've also learned you know behaviors and emotions they are contagious so in these environments mm-hmm. and of course you know they add the music in the mix oh yeah and the the certain tone of voice and the urgency and once several people start coming up and like screaming and yelling <laughs> uh, or doing whatever it's like it's yeah. contagious and so yeah. then i don't you know for example in my, in my own life i talk about going to you know a youth conference my church did every year <laughs> and how i would be the only one left in the pew as people we went to the altar and like that makes me look bad so i feel so much pressure yes. to go up there and fake pray act like something is happened to conform and that's a lot so of this true. is like people want to feel like they're a part of the group and that's what i've noticed yeah with this is that i have to speak in tongues i have to be super emotional i have to like Mm -hmm. do whatever and looking back i see that a lot in the church that i grew up in and i recently learned that like you know when emotions in that environment are contagious and it spreads to the group i think someone told me it's called elevated emotion okay um is what happens in that environment and it's very emotional
1: it's very emotional
0: very emotional and yeah it's been interesting to look back and see, like, there was a lot of emotional and psychological manipulation mm-hmm. and things that were going on. But we attributed these certain traits to these things we were told to. We were, yeah. again, we were taught how to interpret our own experiences, our own emotions, and not to question and be like, this is God. Oh, this yeah. is the Holy Spirit. And so oh, yeah. so so interesting. And I also want to dig into like what really got you to watch that documentary? Like oh. how could you question? Cause like when you're indoctrinated, it's really hard to question. So like what made you
1: right? Okay. So what got me to question it or watch it was I started to begin questioning the worship music. Um
2: mm.
1: I was noticing that uh, I, I stopped liking worship music, which was strange for mm. me because praise and worship was my favorite part of church. Mm. Uh, you go, and that's where you really feel the touch of the Holy Spirit, and um, you would get covered in goosebumps. Mm. And I would notice that if I went to a non Christian concert, I would start to get covered in goosebumps. And I'd Mm. be like, okay, because I don't know if you were ever told, but like getting goosebumps was evidence that that's the Holy Spirit, right? Mm. That's what I was told. And so I'd be at other concerts and I'd be like, well, this is Backstreet Boys or this is like, this is not a worship concert. So why am I getting covered in goosebumps? And it was just because music does that to you and Mm -hmm. that experience can do that to you and also i was listening to the lyrics of some of the more popular bands and uh i was noticing how they were all kind of singing about us so Mm -hmm. i i was very focused on we need to be singing about jesus like we're Uh not singing about us so uh i didn't like that all of them were just they were very me focused so Mm
2: -hmm.
1: um anyway so uh, I started digging into like Hillsong. Mm. And I was like, even though I loved Hillsong for so long, I started not listening to Hillsong anymore. And I heard a sermon or a a podcast on the dangers of Hillsong. And I thought, yeah, this checks out. Okay. I want to hear more about this.
2: Yeah.
1: And then I came across uh, a a podcast by a group called cultish uh on youtube and they had a girl on and their podcast series was called defecting from bethel Mm -hmm. and bethel church in redding california and she was exposing just the culture of bethel and how
2: Mm
1: -hmm. horrible it was and what made her leave Uh bethel Bethel's, uh, school of supernatural ministry. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, this is fascinating. This is exactly the kind of stuff that I had been starting to Mm -hmm. question and feel, uh, wasn't right about these mega churches. And she's the one who mentioned, the doc, someone had sent her the documentary American gospel mm-hmm. and said, watch this. And she said, okay. So it was watching her podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, th- I just kind of tucked American gospel in the back of my mind, like, okay, I need to watch this. Um, and I just kept digging and digging and digging. Cause I kept finding getting more questions like, okay, well, if this isn't real, then this can't be real and if this isn't real then this can't be real and uh it took a few months before I finally watched it I had to buy it on iTunes or rent it or something and I thought I'm just gonna watch it because I want to know and um I started kind of questioning just different denominations and uh kind of the Christianity that I grew up in which was I guess it's called word of faith and Mm -hmm. um, a conversation I had with my mom one day was uh, what's, what's Christian science? And she said, well, they basically don't believe in doctors. They don't believe in medicine. They don't believe if you're sick, they say, if you're, if you're sick, like, okay, you don't speak that. And she started explaining it. And I thought, well, that's everything we've kind of been told in church. Like, don't say my headache. You say yeah. the headache, and they really uh-huh. discourage you from getting medical mm. attention at times. And so we were talking and we we're like, well, how is it any different than what we've been told? Right. Mm. How is Christian science? So that's kind of what I thought, I'm gonna I wonder what that documentary American Gospel is about. I remembered uh-huh. filing it away. So uh like I said, I just I started kind of questioning some things mm. and
2: there's a yeah, fly yeah yeah she was so good um yeah.
1: yeah so that's how i watched it and i have to say it was worship music is what began the whole questioning mm. journey
0: Um, Ooh, okay
1: yeah the emotional side of it
0: i've heard this from a lot of people who have you know when they left toxic religion or religion in general they were like I went to a concert and i felt the same things i did in church yeah. like but the thing is yeah. when you're indoctrinated and you're just in that environment and you're isolated you have no comparison for any kind no. of other experiences and that's the yeah. point of it to control yeah. you and to keep you in their system and make you think you need them and that they're the way they're the truth or the life or whatever mm-hmm. yeah. and it's just it's fascinating to me because as you saw those commonalities and mm-hmm. another approach to Christianity and you're like you know different labels but you're like that's yeah. really very similar and yeah. I think that's the thing that I love about interviewing <laughs> all kinds of backgrounds is because helping people to see there are a, the dynamics in these environments are usually the same like the, l- like the lingo might be different but mm-hmm. might mean the same thing like you know lettered language the whole thing i'm sure are the, the christianese or all the stuff yeah we could, yeah the language we could talk about but you know i've met mormons i've met ex-jehovah's witness i met people from pentecostal backgrounds and from other cultic backgrounds and type things and different cults and it's very interesting to see the commonalities mm-hmm. and it really i think it does reassure people and it's really reassured yes. me personally, mm-hmm. just to meet all these different people and I'm, and just in my mind and like, oh, well, they call this in my group is the same thing, but we just <laughs> called it this uh, because, you know, like, right. And Jehovah's Witnesses, we were talking about the different things. I, I was on um, Devout with Rindy Renee. She has her okay. own show where she interviews people who have left toxic religion and we were talking about like you know I grew up in the IFB cult. She was a Jehovah's Witness, and mm-hmm. so we, I, so I was like, okay, I'm like, because we were comparing each other, and being like, what did y'all call this? Because <laughs> I'm just curious because you know Jehovah's Witnesses are just so known for just knocking on doors, right? And I'm like, oh, I was like, in our environment, we called that soul winning, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yes. So yeah. like, I don't know, like, what was that like with? them trying to get you to spread their religion or their beliefs how did y'all do that
1: well I have to say there wasn't a lot of proselytism proselytizing with that um, or evangelizing it Uh was bring someone to church invite them to church and um I never you do the
0: work basically, not a yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> like so just invite someone to church mm. or uh we're having a Christmas service, invite them to church. And mm. um they did encourage you to have conversations like in your in your circles, right?
2: Mm-hmm. Um
1: your they would call it the spheres of influence. Uh. And uh that's how you can get to know people is just uh, and then and then that you can have a discussion on, you know telling them about jesus but we didn't mm-hmm. have it wasn't like in some churches it really wasn't a, a huge focus all the mm-hmm. time um i never went knocking on doors i never i always felt like a really bad christian because i was no. very apprehensive about sharing the gospel um face to face I I never felt confident in doing that. I was vocal about being a Christian on social media. Like I would post certain things. Pe- people always knew I was a Christian um, and that, but actually having a conversation about this is why you need to accept Jesus. I was not confident in sharing the so-called good news. <laughs> um, just Bringing Mm. it up randomly with someone and like, hey, you need to accept Mm -hmm. Jesus. It felt very salesy to me. And I Mm. thought if someone, some people know I'm a Christian, if they want to, to ask me, they can, and I will happily tell them. But I never felt the need or or the, I I just never wanted to uh, push my beliefs on Mm. people.
0: I see. Mm -hmm.
1: I was very convicted for them for myself, but I was, I did not feel comfortable just randomly bringing it up.
0: Mm, Yeah, that's interesting, because (laughs) I like how you okay, so the good news, that's another Christian (laughs) news thing. So like, you know, it's to me, I'm just gonna say, it is horrific to tell children from a young age that they deserve to go to hell and they're going yeah. to hell and they tell children about demons all these things yeah. and to me like i laugh i know it's terrible but there are moments i it's just laughable to me now because i'm like it's like they give you the problem and they give you the solution like oh look at all these terrible yeah. things that happen to you but oh look we have the answer yeah so isn't that so great mm-hmm. aren't you so grateful for that so yeah yeah and like no how could like you know another christianese words like how did you get an in, in quotes saved or have the holy spirit in the environment because i know everyone has a not everyone but like a lot of people have different perspectives or views on that so how how did pentecostals think that people would become possessed by the holy spirit and like have jesus in their heart or whatever this is an, just, all this is an air quote so yeah yeah to, like, all these christianese <laughs> things like how did they present that
1: uh, it was basically just repeating the sinner's prayer.
0: <laughs> okay. Tell and, me the sinner's prayer because. So, okay.
1: So it was depending on who you prayed it with, or if you said it mm. at a church service, it was different. There was no, it wasn't like, um, what's it called? The, our father who art in heaven. It wasn't, mm. it wasn't okay. like a, a set prayer. So basically yeah. you would just say with someone like dear God, um, I believe I'm a sinner. I believe that Jesus came to earth uh-huh. and that he died yeah. on the cross for my sins. I oh, believe I see. Mm-hmm. that he rose from the dead. You basically just confess that you believe you're a sinner and that he rose I from got the dead you. for your sins. Okay. Um, I believe that uh, basically, thank you for this gift of eternal life. <laughs> thank you for coming. Thank you for being Lord of my life. Yeah. Uh, or I make you Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, mm. amen. Like, it,
0: okay, it was very just
1: that was it. And it's like, oh, good, you're saved. Yeah, right.
0: That was the same <laughs> thing I was taught because they called it as a kid, they called it the ABC to salvation or whatever. Okay,
1: yeah, I've heard that too.
0: Admit, believe, confess. That's yes. basically what yeah. that was like the general thing. It sounds like what you just yeah. described. Yeah, right?
1: admit you're a sinner, believe that yeah. Jesus came, confess your sins, boom, mm-hmm. you're done. <laughs> That's your ticket to heaven.
3: <laughs> oh, yeah. So, okay.
1: and like at at this one church we went to, they would close the service every week with the sinner's prayer, and you would just he was everyone bow your heads, and if this is your first time saying the prayer, just raise your hand. Everyone oh, has their eyes closed. my so familiar. See. Yeah. Uh, so everyone would bow their heads, and like I would say it every week because like I thought, well, why not? Like. Why not? So I have repeated the sinner's prayer like thousands of times. Mm. Um, And I meant it every single time. Not because I didn't think I was a Christian every time I said it. I just was like, oh, it's it's just good to say it. I'm not going to not, right? Uh
2: Um,
1: But then when I became a Calvinist, it's like, well, there's no sinner's prayer in the Bible. Like that's not biblical. You can't just say a prayer and think you're Mm. saved. You have to be regenerated by the Holy Spirit. And that it's God who opens your eyes, and you have to just, Mm. yeah. So then they, in the Reformed Church, then they have this confession of faith. So you confess your faith, which Mm. I don't know if that's any different, but
0: Mm, interesting. Yeah. And so let's talk about the jump for being a Pentecostal, being Calvinist, because that. (laughs) So interesting to me. Let's <laughs> dig into that. Tell me how that happened. Oh, uh, like,
1: well, it was
0: the documentary, I know, but like it
1: was the documentary. Uh-huh. Um, I I threw away all the books that I had um from my word of faith here. So basically they were all Joyce Meyer books. Mm, um got
2: you. <laughs> yeah.
1: I went to a bunch of her conferences. So um I'm in Canada and all her conferences were in the States. So I I went to probably four or five of her conferences mm-hmm. and um, I was a partner in her ministry. I, okay. I got her CDs every uh-huh. month, uh, her magazines. I was, I love Joyce Meyer. Um,
2: mm-hmm. so I,
1: I threw away all her books. Uh, I didn't have a lot of Joel Osteen, but like people like that, yeah. um, uh, Beth, mm-hmm. Beth Moore, um, all, all of those, all the well-known
2: mm. people
1: you see on TV are yes. word of faith, right? If you're mm. flipping channels, those are, those are the word of faith preachers. Um, so I threw them all away. Cause I was like, these are heretical. <laughs> these mm. are not preaching the gospel. They're cherry picking scripture to fit what they want to say. Uh, and, uh, I thought, well, now I need to find, good, sound teaching, and I discovered preachers like John MacArthur, R.C.
2: Sproul. Uh, uh, uh,
1: I know, right? (laughs) Loved John MacArthur. Um, R.C. Sproul. All their names are kind of fading now which
0: is yeah, wonderful that's but good yeah it's
1: good <clears throat> Vodi Bauckham he's another one that I really liked uh anyway so I filled okay here's the thing I would go to church on Sundays but I didn't just attend church on Sundays throughout the week I had sermons playing on my phone all day so i would be doing dishes i would be doing laundry i'd be prepping dinner and i would have sermons on all day on repeat and so i was constantly listening to to teachings and l- learning new things and self
0: indoctrination so, <laughs> exactly mm-hmm. exactly yeah
1: and so <clears throat> i did this uh non especially mm. after coming out of uh, charismatic, Pentecostal, all that.
3: Yeah.
1: Because I thought, well, I don't know anything anymore. <laughs> I need to relearn all of this, and I did mm-hmm. find it fascinating. Um, but yeah, I just listened nonstop. I read a ton of books from the Reform perspective, and I thought, well, this is clearly the truth. This is clearly
2: uh, mm.
1: biblical. And they are interpreting <laughs> the Bible properly. Now I need to find a church that preaches all of these things, that teaches this, and I need to find a sound uh, mm. church. And I supposedly did.
2: Um,
1: someone that I was friends with, who has a very large Instagram following, uh, who's very well-known in the reform community, was someone that mm. I actually... Uh, new personally. Oh, okay. Um, Ooh. she has a large Instagram Ooh, and Twitter okay. following. <clears throat> Anyways, she posted that she found a church, and it was like five minutes from my house,
2: uh-huh.
1: uh, where we lived at the time. And I was like, "Oh my goodness." that's really close to me. Is this a mm-hmm. good church? Cause she had been looking too, and she's like, yeah, it's amazing. He graduated. The pastor just graduated from I think Westminster seminary from Southern California. And I was like, Oh, perfect. And he was taught under this reformed teacher that I knew of who wrote books. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. Okay. Yes. We're
2: coming. Mm.
1: So we started attending and it was a very tiny church. Like, I want to say 70 people, most of mm-hmm. them gray haired, yeah. like, <laughs> so we went and uh, they have two services at 10 AM and the three 30. And I went to the three 30 one day. And uh, after that, they always have fellowship and the pastor uh, he was—he's mm-hmm. young. He's younger than me, so he was very excited to see. Oh, a possible new young family is mm. is here. So, yes, please join. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I met him, and he told me that like the following week he was starting a new members course, and he's like, "Oh, hopefully you can come." And I'm like, "This is literally my first time here." Like. My husband's not even here with me and I have to like, see if he likes this church. Like, <laughs> so, um, anyway, we didn't go to the new members course right away. Cause I had a lot of questions even about their, their beliefs. And stuff. Yeah. Um, they believed in infant baptism and mm. that was brand new
2: to uh. me. Yeah.
1: And, uh, he, he kind of made a joke like, Oh, did you dedicate your other children? Ha ha ha. And I was like, yeah. Cause you know, and I don't know if you're familiar with baby dedications, but yes. Yeah. Mm. So that's when you have a baby, you bring them up in front of the church and say, Uh, we're going to raise this child up in the way of the Lord. And we're dedicating them to the, to God and thanking them anyway. So it's just a public declaration that you're going to raise them as a
0: christian mm, yes
2: so Ooh, yeah.
1: hearing that they baptized babies was kind of like oh well, what does that mean so um anyways that was a whole other thing i had to mm-hmm. be convinced of uh-huh. and i eventually was but that leads to more of my story later but um Then the pandemic happened
2: and Mm, uh,
1: not not long after, probably about six months after we started going Uh there. And so I was able to not we didn't have to do the members course because there was no meeting and uh, we put it off for about a year. And then eventually we did do the new members course. But I felt very coerced in doing that. Mm Um. I remember having a conversation in the parking lot and the pastor saying, oh, we're, we're starting up the new members course. Finally Mm -hmm. we can, we can do this now and we can meet. And I was like, okay. And I was still hesitant. Like I didn't really want to join officially to the church. It felt, I just felt like it wasn't going to be like if we joined another church, like, you can kind of come and go. I, I felt like there would be a lot of pressure to attend, and I knew you had to mm-hmm. attend both services, or there would be discipline. Um, uh. So I was kind of like, "Oh, do you want to join this church?" Like, I'm kind of okay coming as a technical visitor, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And the pastor said uh, to me, "You know, it's it's kind of like dating. If you don't if you don't get married, what's the point?" he basically was saying either become a member or you're going to have to find another church. And at that time I thought, well, what other church are we going to go to? Because there, this is the only one that is doctrinally sound as far as I know. And I want to be in a sound church. Mm -hmm. So I felt like in that moment, okay, we have to take this course. We kind of have to join or else we can't mm. continue coming here. So we took the course and I kept telling my husband, like, if if you don't want to join, like, it's fine. We don't have to. And he's like, oh, we'll see. We'll see. Because my husband, he's not, he was not as like dedicated uh-huh. to religion as I was. He just, uh-huh. he, he liked the idea of it. Um, and uh, he was very much supportive of me wanting to be in a church and and all mm-hmm. that. He, he kind of thought, if there's a heaven, I'd like to go. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was sort of the driving force of all mm-hmm. of this. Not sort of, mm-hmm. I was the driving force yeah. of all of this. Um, so eventually, we did do the whole members course. Mm-hmm. We had to sit with the pastor and the two elders and kind of state our case at the end of the course as to why we should be members at this mm-hmm. church. We left the room, they discussed, and then they said, okay, you guys can join the church. And we're like, okay. But it wasn't like a, yay. It was like a, okay, thanks. Like, Uh,
2: what are we doing?
1: So after that we joined, we had our children baptized. uh, Um, I was convinced that, okay, this is fine. And uh, not long after that, we decided to move five hours away Um, Mm. because we have always wanted to move to this one location, um, a beautiful location in, uh, the Okanagan, I live in British Columbia Mm. and Canada, and it's been our dream to move here. And so Uh has husband working from home because of the pandemic allowed Mm. us to do so. So we said, we're moving and thanks for everything (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. and uh the pastor continued following up with us after we moved to see if we had found a church and we Uh, were trying yeah um but it was when we moved and we weren't in church Mm -hmm. any uh, regularly that i was like my head was clearing Mm. and i was like wait a second none of this makes sense
2: like Mm.
1: and i was starting to go to my husband was like well, what do you think about this what do you think about this and he Uh was like answering very diplomatically knowing that i believe certain things but he wasn't trying to crush Uh my faith he was Uh like well like one question that i randomly like cornered him in the kitchen one morning at like 7 30 in the morning while he's uh-huh. heating up his coffee i'm like do you believe in evolution or creation and he's like even though i knew he believed in evolution
2: uh-huh.
1: um he's like what why are you asking me this like i'm not even awake and i'm like just tell me your answer
2: yeah and he's like
1: he's like well you know there, there there could be room for both like he was just trying to be very uh-huh. diplomatic and i'm like no tell me your answer like, do you believe the earth is six thousand years old? And he's like, <laughs> no. And I'm like, okay, that's what I needed to hear. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: Cause I believed in the six day
2: yeah.
1: creation and all yes. that stuff. Mm, and
2: yeah.
1: I needed to hear it like flat out. Oh, yeah. And um I was just like, it was a year ago, like right now, I was. Mm going through like i it might have been, been a year ago right now that i asked him that question like that's how yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> so i've been having major flashbacks of, yeah. of a year ago and um so he just he really was gentle with how mm. he walked
2: mm-hmm. through this
1: with me um and i just kept telling him like i don't know if i'm if, if i believe this and uh, i was seeing how the pandemic was being handled, especially by Christians. Mm. And I was seeing how ridiculous they were. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, there's something, like there's some dots that I was connecting, like they're being really weird about this and they're denying evidence that's black and white. Mm. So what else do they believe that's not true (laughs) yeah and that's Mm -hmm. where i i thought i gotta figure this out because if they are denying black and white evidence that's right there in your face maybe this whole christianity thing is a
0: fart Mm.
1: and that is where i just was like i jumped in head first and it was not long after i got the answers that i kind of thought were there mm. and I have to say after I was almost 38 when this all uh. fell apart but a lot of people have like it takes some years to kind of deconstruct deconvert my faith all my beliefs just I have to say for me it was like like a matter of moments mm. where I was like oh no this is not real uh-huh And it wasn't like that with me. It wasn't like I needed this, like, I have to process this Uh all. I have to work through it. It was just like, okay, no, this is fake. I don't (laughs) believe this. I'm done. This makes more sense. This is what I've always kind of
2: pushed Uh aside
1: in my brain. Uh And I was, I was done in Uh a day and I kind of kept it quiet ish. Uh-huh. And it, I needed to kind of just work up the courage to tell someone. And it was my husband uh-huh. that I told first.
2: Yeah,
1: And I just said, I need to tell you something. I'm really nervous. I've never said these words, uh-huh. but I, I, I don't believe in God. And yeah. I wanted to see how it felt just coming out of my mouth.
2: Uh-huh.
1: And it felt so freeing. Yeah and he looked at me kind of like okay and he's like well I don't think you're wrong just go slowly (laughs) make sure you're not jumping the gun like make sure you really are Uh careful with this because he didn't want me to just like fall apart and -hmm. and crumble because this was my entire identity
2: Mm -hmm.
3: and
1: i was like no this makes so much more sense and uh it was like christmas eve i was finding so many things on like religious trauma syndrome so we're wrapping Mm -hmm. presents and i'm like read this about religious trauma
2: syndrome Mm -hmm. and he's like
1: oh my god this is like reading about you Mm -hmm. and Wow. Like that was Christmas Eve, like ten o'clock at night, i'm I'm wrapping uh, stocking stuffers. And
0: like, no <laughs> how
1: well. yeah. And he's Ooh. like, this is crazy. So he just kept saying he's like, the cool thing about all of this is you you came through this all on your own. There was nobody that was kind of influencing you. This was all you. This was your thoughts, mm-hmm. your you're processing, um, your questions
2: and yeah. you,
1: you came to this, you, you weren't hanging out with someone who was like, mm-hmm. Hey, like I'm doing mm-hmm. this. So why don't you come along with me? He's like, yeah. this was literally all you. Cause we, we had just moved to a town. I know knew nobody. And yeah. So that's how that happened. <laughs>
0: Wow. Yeah, you did a great job <laughs> explaining that. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah. Wow. And like, I, I love it just it tickled my literally tickled my brain when you talked <laughs> about how like Christians were denying black and white obvious evidence about COVID. And you're like, huh, I wonder, I wonder I what is. Else. That and,
1: is what really
0: did it. And it's interesting to me when you when you cornered your husband and said, do you believe in evolution? Because I've talked to people about this because they're like, well, they're like, I don't think believe is like a good word to use around evolution. Do you, underst- okay. you understand evolution? That's what people say to right. me. Okay. They're like, that's interesting because they're like, it's not a belief. And it's like, you know, I I've read some on evolution. I have so much more to learn about it. Mm-hmm. Um obviously with any scientific theory, there I think there are holes in every scientific theory because we're human and we're imperfect. Yeah. But there is a lot of evidence. <laughs> yeah. A lot of evidence for the evolutionary theory. And, you know, even if you know there are I think there are some definitely some holes in it.
3: because,
0: mm-hmm. um, you know, we're human, we make mistakes. And yeah. that's why the science tries to help us correct those mistakes. Like yeah. Scientific paradigms and paradigm shifts that have happened over never to readjust with new evidence, but we know for a fact that the world is not 6,000 years old. No, <laughs> we know that as a fact we know. Yeah, from proof. And it's interesting because as I went because I went to a Christian college for like three and a half years p- people trying to explain and. And even growing up in homeschooling, explaining things that didn't make sense is like, oh, we're supposed to believe this, but here are explanations to, or to what possibly could have happened. So I'm not going to go into too much detail, yeah. but this, no, is, fine. this is one thing I want to talk about that is just insane to me. And so, you know, in the Old Testament, there's stories of people living hundreds of years. Yeah. Well, that obviously doesn't happen. And so I was taught growing up, well well it's in the bible so it's true but you know an explanation for that is that you know before the flood there was there was an ocean in the sky and it, it uh, filtered out all those light rays the harmful light rays and people lived 100 years but once once the flood happened that ocean fell down to the earth and flooded it and then that protection was gone and that's why so it was just oh literally, literally like mental gymnastics yes to so ridiculous and think yeah. that so this is a, an example of yeah how they have to make it work
1: yes you have to make it work
0: they have to do it and then like it doesn't mm-hmm. even have evidence for what that's the thing that I noticed even in college I'm like they're just making up explanations there's yes. no proof for any of these things and no. so that's just something I wanted to dig into but mm-hmm. I want to talk about now life mm-hmm after religion and and like (laughs) i'm excited to get into publicly deconverting let's dig into that
1: yeah sure so um i'm just under a year of Mm. being out even though yeah it feels like it's it's a year actually because it started kind of in my (laughs) inside but um I I came out. I started kind of testing the waters on mm. social media because, like, like I said, we moved away, mm-hmm. so I don't have anyone really in my circle that I see every day. So it was a social media thing, and um, I I started coming out on my birthday, which was in February. So uh, mm. people were starting to kind of message me like why why are you sharing this like what does that mean <laughs> mm-hmm. um and i i would tell i would tell them like in a private message yeah no i'm i don't believe in it anymore i I wouldn't call myself a christian and it's been a few months um and then i came out publicly on twitter which was fine because I literally have nobody in my personal life on Twitter. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it felt safe. Mm -hmm. Um, My sister-in-law is someone who is very active in the Mm atheist community. And I did not know this. So, I was watching a Seth Andrews uh, Mm, podcast
2: Mm because I love him. Yeah.
1: And I was watching his episodes like back to back to back. Uh And the next one that started, uh, he was interviewing my sister-in-law, which... blew my mind Uh so uh, my husband has a very large family and extended Uh family so Mm -hmm. um we don't always stay up to date with everyone and he's one of 12 Mm -hmm.
2: kids from a Mm -hmm. large Mm -hmm. yeah
1: (laughs) family and uh i was shocked to Uh see her on his show because we used to go to church Uh like our two families would attend church together uh, years ago And so I texted her and I said, I can't believe I just saw you on Seth Andrews show. What is going on? Uh, And she's like, okay, I can't believe you're watching Seth Andrews show. What is going
0: on? (laughs) You're like, wait. (laughs) You're both pointing at each other like, come on. Yeah, like, what the heck? Yeah, she
1: said... I'm actually uh, like an atheist activist Mm. in the community. And she is one of the hosts on Truth Wanted every Friday night on YouTube. Mm, Yeah. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that show.
2: No. Um,
1: Yeah. So she said, I want to introduce you on Twitter. So Uh I said, okay. (laughs) Okay. And so i had to come up with a, a username super fast that's why i did x fundy stacy i was like okay i'll just do this super quickly yeah
2: um
1: and so she introduced me and that person that i mentioned that mm. has a large following in the reformed community uh, found the introduction
2: uh. tweet
1: and uh, screenshot it and Uh-oh blasted i i mean they did blank out my name but uh-huh. basically called it was my sister-in-law's tweet with my reply
2: uh-huh. like,
1: anyways and screenshot it and posted it on their instagram and twitter saying mm. you were never a real christian
2: to begin oh. with and
1: quoted first john 219
2: and yeah whatever
1: and I saw it and I was like, Oh my gosh. Okay, here we go. This is it. This is the beginning. Um, and that was at the, I think that was around like March 30th or something. And that was on a Friday night. Um, so I, I thought, okay, by that Sunday, she's probably going to let the pastor know that this is happening. Even though I had had a conversation with him telling him, we're not looking at it for churches anymore. Mm. We're done. Goodbye. Mm. Um. And by that Monday, we had my husband and I had a uh, formal letters sent to our emails telling us to repent,
2: Mm-mm. or
1: there would be uh, repercussions uh, publicly. So,
0: oh my gosh! Yeah. <laughs> wow. So hmm.
1: We just said nope. We're good. Thank you for your concern. But oh, I just left my head spin and reply. I didn't reply, but he just said, Thank you for your concern. But we're we're fine and we're happy and you don't need to continue messaging us and goodbye. Yeah. Um and that was the beginning of April mm-hmm. and by Easter. So a couple weeks later. Um I I tuned in out of curiosity to their
3: YouTube (laughs) live
1: stream because I thought, oh, this is not going to go away. I want to know. And uh, their Easter service in the afternoon was Mm. uh, titled something to the effect of God disciplines his children. And that was mention number one. Mm. Uh, Brian and Stacy have left the church and they are. basically like walking away from the faith and we're calling them out and Uh, yeah. And then a couple mm. weeks after that, they had a formal announcement at the beginning of the service, Mm -hmm. uh, that one of the elders came up and read a formal, like, it was like Mm -hmm. four or five minutes long, Mm -hmm. uh, even mentioning our children's names. Um, and how oh, basically wow. yeah so it was not just like Brian and mm. Stacy it was our three boys
0: okay names. wow that yeah ooh okay fuck yeah. them but yeah. Fuck the fuck that church
1: yeah Ugh. exactly
0: wow. and
1: mm. uh basically just saying how our parenting like how it's going to affect their growing up and just questioning like what we're doing and and yeah and so uh apparently that was not supposed to go on youtube it was supposed to mm. be silent and just for the church someone made a mistake whatever
2: sure
3: and, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> and i have not let it go i've mentioned it every opportunity i can i have not yeah. mentioned the church name but i have mentioned so they know you. they know who they are <laughs> <laughs> they know who they are yeah and um yeah and so every every So often I'll just randomly tune in and
2: um, Mm.
1: if there's going to, if they do communion, they will mention Mm -hmm. now we're just referred to as the wayward family.
2: Mm. Um,
1: and yeah, so they, we, I don't think we've been excommunicated. I, there, there, we will be eventually. Um, I think they're giving us opportunities, but whenever Um. they have mentioned us on during a service, uh, a bunch of people come to my Instagram and create my stories to, to just check out what I'm up to. And uh,
0: yes, I know <laughs> without what you fail. mean. Mm. Yeah.
1: So yes. in that regard, um, yeah, they've, they've just been disgusting as far as mm, I'm concerned. Yes. Disgusting. And, mm. um, it's to be expected. Yeah, And I, I have made it clear to someone who has uh, reached out to me, I said, just so you know, they're not doing this for our benefit. They're doing this for your benefit. They're uh, do- it's so that you don't leave because mm. who wants to be called out? You guys are sitting there listening
2: yeah.
0: and
1: it's to scare you
0: yes. to stay mm. in the pew
1: this is not for and
0: us. Conform, yeah, yeah.
1: I go. This is mm. not for us. This is for yes. you. Mm. So I go. Cause, trust me. This isn't changing anything.
0: Yeah. Um. This is for all of you guys. It's public shaming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I said so. Just
1: remember that. Yeah. She's like, no, 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 no. It. it it's because they care about you. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I said, no. It, it, no. It's, it's for you and, and all the and kids stay in the services they don't really go to sunday school so from the time you're three years old you're hearing this Mm. kind of uh this kind of thing happening Mm. so um a lot of the kids at that church even knew my children because they all went to the same christian school so they're hearing my kids names and probably going well why did they mention -hmm. Zachary, why did they mention Harrison? What's going Mm -hmm. on? You know? And then their parents Mm -hmm. are, oh, well, their parents,
0: Mm -hmm. they left
1: the church and they're just gonna Mm -hmm. scare the crap out of these kids.
0: Yes. Right. And mm -hmm. what this is called, it's called phobia indoctrination. Mm -hmm. And it's where you cause people to be so scared of leaving the group. It doesn't matter what doubts you have or how unhealthy it is or the toxicity anything else is scarier than out, outside the group so you have yeah. to stay in and that's this is so common in high control religions and groups i just want to say that quickly yeah
1: oh thank you
2: yeah.
0: absolutely mm.
1: so that's what they're doing
2: and mm. uh,
1: yeah but apart from that i have never been happier
0: love it <laughs> love to see it <laughs> yeah I have
1: never been happier mm. um i don't feel really like i've lost anything mm. leaving anything i've gained so much mm. more i've gained um a better perspective mm. on life i yeah. see life um in a whole new way mm-hmm. um i appreciate every single day mm-hmm. more than i did because before i thought well i'll have heaven
2: yeah by any-
1: <laughs> that's my husband um and uh yeah i feel like all any anxiety that i did have
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, has definitely gone
2: away uh, yes in a huge way mm.
1: um and also the community that i have built through deconverting mm, and deconstructing yes. and you and oh,
0: oh, that's <laughs> you goofy. know yeah um
1: i feel like i've got all these new friends from mm. all over who when you go through something like this and you go through religious mm. trauma you understand what each other mm. has been through so you yeah. have that common bond instantly
0: yes so no. Mm, Yeah, I don't
1: don't feel like I have anything missing in my life.
0: (laughs) Yes. And like, I want to dig into that a little bit, because again, talking about how the emotional control, how they tell you how to interpret your emotions. And I remember always being taught that you have this God shaped hole Mm, in your heart. You don't. And the thing is, what I've I've learned in therapy in almost a year, which I'm going to be in therapy for so long and like a year is nothing. But what I've learned only in like almost a year, is that a lot of that emptiness that I felt was religious trauma. Yeah. Not not having really a true community where I could be authentic or seen or heard. um, Attachment issues, complex trauma, all these relationships, all these different things involved. There was a complex Mm -hmm. issue. Yeah and you know and I wasn't you know a lot of emotional and psychological needs weren't met Mm -hmm. at all in that toxic environment so there were a lot of things that as I learned therapy and as I'm learning to meet those needs I'm filling in that hole that's actually Mm -hmm. just my humanity yeah Yeah. (laughs) it's my humanity and my needs not being met so like that has been so freeing to me it's a relief because I'm like if this is really the answer, then I'd rather die because this is awful. This is so miserable. Yes. This is so terrible. And yeah. so it's been a relief, number one, to realize a lot of the things that they said weren't true because I was mm-hmm. told you'll be miserable when you leave. Yeah. Um, People, people in the world are bad and evil. They they, <laughs> they 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 can't, they don't have love. They can't love like we do. We have Jesus. So you won't have any true relationships. You'll be miserable, depression. You'll make all these yeah. situations You'll fall into addiction and it's like, and it didn't uh, happen nope. <laughs> and you know and the thing is sadly to the people who do struggle with those issues when they leave a cult or a high control group mm-hmm. it's because that cult has just damaged them so yeah. much and the thing is it's because you you don't get to form an identity you're so dependent on the group so which i think you were able to form your own identity before leaving and i think that's what I've noticed for people who successfully leave and like for me personally is that we've formed our own identities got to know who we are before yeah we leave and yeah. just get in touch with our humanity or try to or start to at least and so that's what I've seen mm-hmm. um and so I hope that you know people through this podcast and the stuff i mm-hmm. do that if i can help people like deconstruct that and deal with yeah. that and like work through that shit. which is not yeah
1: easy. no not and easy. it's funny that you would say that because i remember always hearing that term um your identity is in christ mm. and i never i never really understood what that meant like mm. like i kind of get what they meant now because uh like my uh-huh. identity kind of was being a christian like i can see that now but yeah. i never felt like my identity was in christ and i always kind of felt bad cuz i never uh-huh. got that but i think you're right like i still was me
0: and uh-huh. yes
1: coming out of that i was, I, was mm. I think that's why i was able to just kind of drop it because mm-hmm. i still was stacy mm. and it was easier to just leave and and still Be who I was,
0: and Uh, yes, most definitely, yeah. And like, I I get what you're saying too, because i I never truly understood what that meant. And from what I from what I saw, it was like just completely annihilate your humanity,
1: right? And deny every
0: part of yourself. And it was die
1: to self daily. And
0: (laughs) to me, I was like, like in my teen years, I'm like, this is really, this is really tough. Like, this is harmful, Mm -hmm. and the just the you know, as I've learned that doing really shadow work and dealing with those parts of myself that religion taught me to suppress or ignore. And when I say shadow, I don't mean it in like a negative way. Yeah. It's just the shadow part of us or parts of us that were taught through our culture or either through our family or whatever mm-hmm. social group we're supposed to hide away and mm-hmm. not deal with or be ashamed of. And so I think part of leaving is like, you know, for me, like being in therapy and like dealing with every part of myself dealing with hard emotions and all these different traumas and the indoctrination and all this shit from the just right. trauma but um but yeah like it's so much better on the outside
1: <laughs> it really <laughs> is it really
0: is mm. and like yeah. i'm so so grateful because i found a local like deconstruction group in greenville south oh, carolina that's
1: awesome
0: so i've gotten to like begin getting to know people who are in a similar path and like Mm -hmm. have like genuine authentic relationships for like the first time so that's really like so nice to have and start and the thing is again when you're stuck in that environment you have nothing to compare it to and The whole going back to the pandemic thing. I think the pandemic was so great because it forced people to take a break to see what life was like without religion or that environment that they yeah. were in, and they could they couldn't deny the change or the differences that they saw in them. And yeah. it was so it was so hilarious to me, and it, like, it bothered me so much how like my my fundamentalist family was so excited. They're like, "Oh, the pandemic is going to turn people back to Christ." They're forced to like have nothing, and they have to depend on. But it turns out the opposite Mm
2: -hmm.
0: happened. I was like, yes. So
1: many people have (laughs) left. Mm, It's funny because like at the beginning of the pandemic, I was a Christian Mm, and I was like, oh no, this is going to make so many people not want to go back to church when it's time. Uh, They're going to get lazy and this is
2: uh, not going to be good
1: for people's walks with the Lord. Like I was so concerned. And then I, Mm -hmm. I never would have thought. Mm. I was going to be one of the ones who's like see ya
0: <laughs> <laughs> we want to be uh yeah. yeah
1: no seriously I don't <laughs> so that's what, it just uh, I chuckle for myself because I yeah. I am the last person mm. I am literally the last person that I would have thought I got you see
0: <laughs> I got you yeah and it's it's yeah. so interesting to meet you know different people in here like their deconversion stories and to me like it's so funny to hear or see the um christian's reactions to it and the, the um and it's interesting because also i want to dig into what your group did to you um this is a part of Lifton's criteria for thought reform which mm. for people who listen to me for a while they know i i you know i use Stephen Hassan's BITE model and Lipton's criteria for thought reform, because okay. those are those are scientific models used to analyze a group mm-hmm. to see, you know, if it really is like, is it a cult or how high control is this group? And so, what you know, the church you are at did is called dispensing of existence. This is part of oh. Lifton's criteria.
1: I haven't heard of that one. I've done the Stephen Hassan one, but oh, okay, ones. got okay. you. Yeah, yeah. so cool. like
0: Stephen Hassan simplified Lifton's. Criteria, but I really love I love Lipton's criteria because it has like eight eight different categories. Nice, but uh, yeah, dispensing of existence is when people who are like outside the system are no longer Mm -hmm. apart. Um, whether they left or they're just an unbeliever in general, mm-hmm. their existence or experience or whatever is dismissed like they're the outsider. They're the evil, yeah. bad, under control by Satan. Is that, It has that mm-hmm. us versus them mindset. So a lot of cultic or high control groups do this to people who are on the outside or just people who have left. They have to like see them as the other. They have right. to demonize them, dehumanize and see them because they have to deal with their own cognitive dissonance. And mm-hmm. you were so right about them doing it to control people on the inside, they can't mm-hmm. have those people question. No. They can't. They have to keep them in line, and so they have to dispense anyone's existence on the outside, and they have to scare people on the inside to yeah. stay.
1: Exactly, mm. exactly. And I do remember them uh, disciplining someone who who used to attend the church
2: mm-hmm. when
1: we were still there, mm-hmm. and them calling him out at Mm. during the service and i remember thinking "Ooh, that doesn't sound fun Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) so but it wasn't enough for me to care
0: Mm. you know
1: but i do remember being uncomfortable
2: Mm. and kind
1: of squirming like oh my gosh i can't believe they're doing this Mm. so um but if if you've grown up in that kind of environment Mm -hmm. uh but the way that the way they spoke about us mm. uh, was pretty bad
0: mm. yeah yeah. Mm. yeah most definitely but well, i'm glad <laughs> you are out oh me too <laughs> and i'm glad yeah. you're speaking up which is what mm-hmm. all the show is all about just had to yeah. add that in there yeah because...
1: i love that name
0: That's <laughs> oh a perfect thank you name and like it's interesting because it was just I think is a good one and it was very personal to me it wasn't like a last second thing because it was like for a lot of us we were silenced in these environments we couldn't speak up or we have to yeah. suffer the consequences so yeah. I caught it that because it's powerful for us survivors mm-hmm. to come out and speak up about these toxic environments our experiences yeah. and talk about the toxic theologies and behaviors yeah. and like call it out for what it is and help other people wake up to yeah. want to you know people who are Willing to go on that journey to yeah. question and see these patterns, these dynamics in different high control religions or high control um groups, and yeah. you know, it's just it makes me so angry all the control, yeah. and all the. Mm. Yeah. All the no, stuff but that goes on. But.
1: Honestly, I have to say hearing these kinds of stories mm. from other people are so helpful because what mm. gave me the courage to finally tell my husband was listening mm. to my first deconstruction, deconversion story. Yeah.
3: Uh-huh.
2: Um,
1: I sought it out on YouTube. It was from a former Christian singer and I mm. knew that he had left Christianity a few years ago yeah.
2: mm-hmm. and
1: I kind of. Tucked that away and uh-huh. so when i was going through it i thought i wonder if he's ever talked about his story and, and yeah. explained it uh-huh. and so he did and i found it on youtube yeah last year and i listened to it and i thought oh he's not crazy uh-huh. he he ma- he's making total sense mm-hmm. and so after listening to his story mm-hmm. and connecting to so many parts mm-hmm. of it i thought mm-hmm. okay this is exactly what's going on with me Mm. so i still listen to people's deconversion stories mm. um because just connecting with with different yeah. elements of it and mm. being like okay good i'm not the only person i'm not the only one and uh-huh. uh they really do help and
0: mm. so keep mm, doing it. Good. thank you <laughs> so, yes i yeah. mean, i love i love podcasting and mm-hmm. Podcasting has been so great for me because you know, when I was expelled from Bob James University and left the IFB cults, I had to rebuild my network and my connections.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and, for
0: sure. You know, really start from scratch with like my with networking. And as I found those, I've really made a lot of friends <laughs> through yeah. podcasting, That's- which is oh, I love it. And like I'm
1: feeling the same way. I understand. Oh,
0: <laughs> yes. And it's yeah. like it's just been uh, just, you know, you know, when people ask you like, oh, did you lose friends? I'm like, yeah, I lost like nearly all my friends, mm-hmm. but they weren't they weren't my they friends. Weren't. No, they weren't.
1: They weren't. <laughs> they
0: were suck ass friends. I know. But yeah, <laughs> 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 <Kind of. laughs> yeah. because um, yeah, like when I when I left, I realized that, you know, my worth is based on what I believed, mm-hmm. not for who I was as a person. Yeah. And so I'm like, I have to be people who see, you know, my worth for who I am and not just, oh, well, they conform to the same belief system I do, Where that's mm-hmm. the only reason. And they have to agree with everything that I agree with. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so no. it's just, yeah, so, so culty, that kind of mindset or group thing, mm-hmm. that kind of mindset. So once I left, I mean... That was the only way for me, I guess, because, uh, I mean, the deconstruction community is so, so great. But I hope mm. as it grows more and more that people can then begin to have the courage to find one another in their own communities around them. Yeah. And yeah. I know it can be harder in the Bible Belt. Like, I'm in Greenville, <laughs> South <laughs> Carolina. And I think, yeah, I talked about, you know, there's a local deconstruction group in the area. And, like, we had to be careful about where we meet in public. Mm -hmm. And like, make sure it's a safe space, more private, because you know, we've had some people who are clearly listening on our conversations, and it's very obvious we're not conservative, fundy Christians in Greenville, (laughs) (laughs) so we have to be careful about who's around us, yeah. Um, but and have like safe spaces, safe conversations. Mm -hmm. But I think I just want to give a shout out, I guess, to Phil Drysdale's, um, Mm -hmm. Phil Drysdale's Deconstruction Network, yes. He's he just good. he had a love Phil drive so he recently mm-hmm. just had a it's basically like a social network for people who are deconstructing and mm-hmm. for people who are interested the link is in my link tree which i always link in my episodes and this link in my bio of social media so there it needs to grow we need to find each other so yeah please join the i joined the deconstruction network on there but everyone okay. else like join find people in your community because i think that's really the virtual community and online is great mm-hmm. but i think we need an addition to that like that if we can that in-person
2: mm-hmm.
0: connection that's what people have talked to me about they're like i really want to find like meet people in person yeah and it's like you know i mean the deconstruction community like it's a, it's a newer newbish type yeah. thing so like we're still like <laughs> forming those communities yeah. <laughs> and trying to like And it's interesting because trying to kind of have these conversations in my deconstruction group, but like having church without the church stuff, (laughs) Yeah, finding the community, finding community without church, without, or finding that connection without all of those, like you have to do this, you have to believe this, you have to just, and it's been a relief to be a part of a group that's like, just be. Just mm-hmm. it's okay, have bring your questions. We're all in different parts and not to yeah. and you know, and a red flag in a you know, in a deconstruction group or a deconstruction friendship or whatever, um, is that someone telling you how to deconstruct mm-hmm. or one way to do it? That's another red flag to look yeah. out for and then just because you know it happens where people leave these high control environments and they take that mindset to the deconstruction right and like an indoctrin- and like getting through indoctrination takes time and mm-hmm. it can be hard for people to see it so that's why therapy has been like so great really, <laughs> for God, me yeah. to right. like because my therapist is so funny he'll call me out and be like that's really black and white or that's really <laughs> magical thinking and i'm like mm-hmm. okay yeah mm-hmm. I got you. Okay, thanks yeah. for calling me out. <laughs> I'm like, I'm working on it. <laughs> like, yeah. <thanks. laughs> mm.
1: I think it's hard to drop some of that way of thinking, especially mm-hmm. the black and white. I I mm. still catch myself like, oh, yeah, that is,
0: yeah, let's I'm, not. I
1: can still be a black and white thinker. Yeah.
0: Mm, I got you. Yeah, it takes yeah. time, definitely, but. It's been so great talking. Is there it's, anything else you would like to say or to, I don't know?
1: Um, I think, I think we've covered a lot of really great topics and mm. I just wanted to thank you for uh, inviting me on your podcast of and
2: course.
1: giving people this place to mm. tell their story. And mm. I hope that it, my story could help just maybe Mm. one person and Mm. i am someone that if if you do need to talk um i'm there so if you have questions reach out so Mm. yeah
0: Mm. that's (laughs) so great thank you again so much for coming on yeah and to Thank everyone you. of course and to everyone listening I'll link her um, socials and the Skeptic Haven show which she also yes. is a host of so I'll be sure to link that check Thank check you. out check out Skeptic Haven everyone because like it's great yes. for like questioning and just critically thinking through yeah. these issues with other people who mm-hmm. um, want to grapple with this yeah Um. But, on YouTube
1: yeah subscribe so oh, yes, on, on YouTube, YouTube.
0: Yeah. yes that's great right. <laughs> yeah say whatever you want plug it do it yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah it's also- Skeptic Haven is a YouTube channel that I co-host a show on every Wednesday night. So that'll be tonight at 5 p.m. Mm, okay. uh, Pacific time. And we also have a bunch of other shows throughout the week. So we have lots of different guests and it's a great time. So yeah, subscribe and <laughs> watch and follow along. So yeah.
0: All right. Perfect. All right. <laughs> Thank you everyone for listening. Thank and you. of course, Thank you for listening to Speaking Up with Andrew Pleasure. Your support is much appreciated. Please leave a review and share with friends and family. And if you can, please support me on Patreon, and the link is in my description. Thank you so much for listening to Speaking Up with Andrew Pleasure.